well, our ideal situation was pure smart money. And then we find a really good compromise with smart money and sleeping investors. So the investors that are involved, they're really involved. And those that are not involved, they are not involved at all. Hello and welcome to the Digital Spaceship Podcast, a marketing journal hosted by Blue Drop Studio co-founder Anna Rowinska and myself, Omar Juman. This podcast has one vision, and that is to educate, inform, and inspire others who are trying to build their tech brand. Tune in and listen to us chat ideation, marketing, scaling, and everything in between with up-and-coming entrepreneurs, stakeholders, and investors in tech startups across the world. We'll be diving into the details and also hearing about the journey. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode. In this episode, we're speaking with Omerik, founder and CEO at Pitchboy. Pitchboy is an EdSec startup offering an immersive and interactive training simulator, allowing companies to train their employees to real-life situations without any risks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Digital Spaceship Podcast. Uh, today, we're speaking with Homerick from Pitchboy. Uh, lovely to have you on the show. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to, to speak with us today. Um, Homerick, tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is you guys are doing over at Pitchboy. Sure. Thank you very much for having me, Omar and Anna. That's a great pleasure. So, um, Omerick Dissart, I'm the CEO of Pitchboy. Mm -hmm. And uh, what we are doing is that we created an immersive and interactive training simulator. Uh, we use voice recognition and we combine it with 360 video to recreate fully immersive and fully interactive environments. So employees can be facing a customer, dealing with a Hanapi client, just like in real life, except that it's fully digital. Mm -hmm. um, Prior to uh, creating this wonderful company at Pitchboy, I was actually studying and working in China for seven years. Oh wow! Where I was, I opened a branch for a consulting HR consulting firm. Then uh, created my first company in hardware, sold it, created a second company in software, lost everything. <laughs> Went back to France, uh, started working for the Chinese government, actually, uh, helping yeah. them promote Mao Tai, which is a, a very famous Chinese beverage, mm -hmm. actually the first valuation in terms of, uh, in terms of uh, market valuation globally. And uh, did that for a few years and then went back to my first love, which was technology. Mm -hmm. Worked for a startup in augmented reality then wrote a book about China and choose to jump from augmented reality to virtual reality and then from virtual reality to voice recognition. Okay. So, long story short. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Super interesting. Awesome. So tell us uh, a little bit about, you know, how you came up with the, the idea for Pitchboy and, and do you have any co-founders and how that relationship looks like? So actually Pitchboy was the first version of Pitchboy got created within the lab of a marketing and consulting firm called Jin. Okay. And what they what we discussed with is like what happens if you combine uh, voice recognition and 
360 video. It's like you can recreate basically any type of situation. And very quick, they realized that the product was not a good fit with their existing market, which was marketing. It was really, uh, it was really a L&D um, industry. So we decided to create a new company that I took over. And then when we start to, to show the, the beta of uh, the product to a potential clients, they gave us the market. They explained wow. us that it was the product that they were waiting for because as of today, when you are in the learning and development fields, either you do presential training or digital training, but both of these trainings are about sharing knowledge. You share information and you give information. There is nothing today existing about on-field training mm -hmm. that is digitalized. So this is how, because of the feedbacks of our prospects, that we knew we had to grow uh, in this specific field. Mm -hmm. and, um, and that's how we got our product market fit. Incredible, incredible. And um, so was it just yourself who, who sort of came around with this idea or, or did you have like a founding team? So there was, um, they were the founding members of Jin. They okay. were really, really supportive and still today, uh, they are our um, uh, board of directors helping me uh, to shake my heads all around the place. Yeah. And it's really interesting because they are not from this field. Mm -hmm. And now we also have um, uh, new investors, uh, mm -hmm. which are business angels. Some of them are in the field, some of them are not, but extremely successful people um, who have great insights, great network, really help us accelerate. And the following the, the seed um, the seed round that we, we've made, we were able to recruit a first team that helped us uh, build a new version of the product, grow another team, and then the business was really rolling. And as of today, we're 13 people with really an organization where everybody is fully booked, fully busy yeah. and know what they have to do. So incredible. Um, so when, you know, when did you guys actually, um, I guess, go to market? How long ago was that? Um, the beta got created in March, 2018. Mm -hmm. We, tested the product in front of prospect in September 2018 and it's actually because we signed uh, our th first three clients really quickly they are the one who asked us to create a registered company uh, so they could we could invoice them yeah <laughs> so it, it was not really luck but um, somehow we we got really lucky to have clients to support us and to be really pushing and telling mm -hmm. us, well, we really want this. We really want to see what is the potential, how it goes, what will be the feedback of the users. So push it, create the company. We will pay for the product, for the, for the proof of concept. And, um, and that's really how we got rolling. So Incredible. So between you guys launching um, and sort of, incorporating as a company and sending out those first invoices. How, how long between then and um, actually getting your, your first seed investment round was, was there? I have a very good question. So we started sales in September, signed the first deal in October, November, and December, one per month. And since then, actually, we never stopped to sign one big client per month. Wow. wow. And um, 
so to answer really precisely to your question, we registered the company end of September mm-hmm. and it got officially uh, registered January 14th, 2019. Mm-hmm. And from then we started to work on the seed round that got closed end of March. So oh, wow. three months. Yeah. Incredible. That's really cool. And, you know, you mentioned that um, a bunch of the investors are sort of people uh, from, well, I guess they were from a, a separate industry, but certainly, um, you know, I'm sure they had some, something more than just monetary value to add to the situation. You know, was it definitely smart money that you guys went after mentorship advice and networks? And, you know, was that what you guys were, were looking for when you thought, okay, let's seek investment or was it purely just the monetary value? Um, well, our ideal situation was pure smart money. Mm-hmm. And then we find a really good compromise with smart money and sleeping investors. Mm-hmm. So the investors that are involved, they're really involved. And those that are not involved, they are not involved at all. Yeah. Um, so on my side, I, I make it really important to keep them informed. Uh, what's good, what's less good, what's going on. So they still have the information and they know they can call me anytime. Yeah. Uh, so at the end, we, we managed to have invest business angels that are always keen to say, how can I help you? Yeah. And that's really, really key. Uh, really, really, really key. Uh, because what I also realized when we're doing the, the, the seed round is when you found, when you get one investor that is famous as being an investor, you also have a lot of friends that if you believe in your product, you could refer, refer you to. Mm. Um, so raising money then is not the most important or the most difficult, but how you want your pool of investor to be becomes actually a, kind of a luxury. Yeah. And, um, and you want to really make the right choice. Yeah, incredible. So you know, between uh, those, I guess, the, the investors that you had and, and that seed round, um, that definitely took you guys to a certain point. But are you looking to, to raise any more rounds of investment following that? So the time that, that we are right now with the COVID crisis and, and all these uncertainties about the future mm. in terms of L&D industries, in terms of globalization and so on, make me think a lot about how we want to position uh, the yeah. company. Uh, so far, we were working a lot like, um, let's say, an agency. We get mm-hmm. an order, we deliver, and then we have some licenses, but that's it. Mm-hmm. How it makes us think is to say, if we truly have something that is required and, and wanted by the market, then we need to make it available as much as possible. And not only to end users, but also to practitioners, to uh, industrial designers, to uh, instructional designers, sorry, experts. And so my thoughts today is to say, yes, at a certain time, we will need to make a a new round, but do we want to do it right now where we could with this money accelerate in our process? Or do we want to do it later when we will have found a new type of business? Mm. And what I call a new type of business is to say, we have the users, services for the users. So what we call today the library that hosts all the simulations. Mm-hmm. Services for the companies where we can help them create the scenarios, train their trainers, and be like consultants. And the third one which is this authoring tool 
which is giving access to our technology to partners. And those three services can actually generate revenues. Yeah. And if we succeed at doing that, then it makes more sense to raise money because it means that we have an established market yeah. with clients, users, partners, and that there is product market fit for the three of them, that the ball is rolling and growing. So it's, it's, it's all about the timing. Yeah. Um, so my strategy as of today is to say, let's keep uh, signing business and, and make our clients happy as long as possible. And then let's focus a bit more on helping our partners grow their own business using our solution. Absolutely. That's a really good approach. Um, so let's talk a little bit about teams then. I think um, it's a really interesting one here. So it, I know you touched on this already and, and sort of your current team size, but when did you first start hiring in a team? And also, how did you go about finding the people to hire? Mm. Ah, great question. When we registered the company in January 2018, actually, we give the opportunity to the people at Gin, at the agency who worked on the product to either stay at Gin or to join the adventure of Pitchboy with mm -hmm. all the uncertainties that we had back in the days. And actually, all the development team jumped in. <laughs> so, so I started the company not being the oldest employee. Yeah, <laughs> not bad. <laughs> and, uh, and so we started at five, mm -hmm. actually. And with the, the, the round and also the money coming in, um, we grew steadily uh, by hiring a, a CTO mm -hmm. to be really uh, taking over because tech is really the key element uh, on our side. Mm -hmm. Then a project manager who is today our head of product management Brilliant. and a salesperson to be next to me so he and I could be uh, dealing with the sales. Mm -hmm. um, today we grew, so we have uh, one a sales director, one sales manager, uh, someone at the marketing, the team uh, in tech is uh, five people, uh, the team in project management is three people, and we also have an office in the US. Wow, that's really, really cool. I must have been beautiful to see those teams grow and, and then actually expand internationally as well. That's, that's like a really exciting part of, uh, I guess, team building. Uh, How do you guys, um, sorry, carry on. No, just uh, if, if I can just uh, uh, go on your way and say one thing about, uh, about the team and, and the beauty of the team is that when you're in the middle of the crisis, that's when you really see the involvement of your team and where you really see if the company culture or the culture that you build in the company with the people that make the company is a place you would like to work yourself. Mm -hmm. Because when you're facing so much difficulties and so much uncertainties and everybody stay motivated, keep pushing, continue to call, continue to move on projects, continue to code and, and do it. And when you organize a picnic because you want to be very careful with the budget and everybody show up bringing their own food, bringing their own booth yeah. and you have a good time, then you say, okay, well, that's a company where I would like to be. And that's what makes me really, really proud um, and give me the energy to to keep uh, to keep going. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. That's really really nice to hear. Um, I think it's incredible to actually be able to c cultivate that culture because mm. I think um, a lot of companies they fall short there. And certainly, I agree with your sentiment. You know, over the COVID, you really do get to see you know how 
how that's been, I guess, planted yeah. prior to the the pandemic, right? And see how yeah. you know who's going to grow and who's not. So that's that's really really cool uh, to hear. So, all right, moving on um, to branding then, mm-hmm. um, because you guys, you know, we've gone online, we've checked out the the whole digital presence that you guys have. It's actually a really nice brand you guys have put together. So, you know, when did that come into a into a conversation? And I'm, I'm, I guess this this probably leads back to gin again. Um, but you know, I guess you guys were really developing a product, you were very tech focused at the beginning. And sometimes, you know, when a company is focused primarily on the tech, the brand side of things gets left behind a little bit, you know. So oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. When uh when did that come a, become a thing and become a conversation? Um, it's still a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um first I would say that the the name Peach Boy came because we're all very geeky and, and, and gamers. So Peach Boy is actually the if you know the video game Fallout. Yeah. In this game, you have the Pip Boy yeah. on your on your wrist, which helps you to know what your inventory, your health, and so on. And so we say, well, basically, it's the Pip Boy for pitch. Cool. So it's the Pitch Boy. That's yeah. how the name came from. It's nothing to deal with being a boy, being a girl. Nothing. Yeah. Um. And and then yeah, at the very beginning, Gene, when when Gene was behind it, um, as it's their expertise, they had something really sleek, really nice presentation, and so on and so forth. And as we builded the product and make it change and pivot it all the way, we totally lost that. Mm. Uh, we totally lost that because um, the focus was really on tech and and not on building. Well, I took a lot of um, uh, of concern keeping the brand alive and sharing casual but also nice informations you know not being overwhelming yeah but at the same time we had no resources to be really experts or specialized in this so we learned a lot mm-hmm. as being more on the sales side and the tech side and um, this is something that is always an ongoing process but one thing that was really key is meeting mentors okay Every time that I have the opportunity to meet with someone that is a successful entrepreneur, industrial or something, even if it's not in our industry, I took it. And um, there is this one time where I had a meeting with um, the former CEO of uh, Bopar, which is a a cashmere fabric company, extremely famous in France. Really, really good um, um, outfit. And she made me one remark. Just one. She said, well, the way I see your name, it's two words. It's Pitch Boy. Because in our logo, you had one that was in, in casual letters and the other part, boy, was in bold. And she said, already this doesn't make sense to me. Mm. You should be Pitch Boy. And the first thing that I did is to put everything in bold. So now our name is not Pitch Boy. It's Pitch Boy. Yeah, and I see. This simple thing totally changed our branding. Totally. As as simple as that. Yeah. Just because she, for her, it was key and talked to the team. We pushed it and then people identify much easily the, the, the company. And then we worked a lot on our image and today we're at the crossroad when we have all in mind what we want to do, what are our colors, what is our culture, what is our values, what are, um, all the things for the marketing 
And so we, we push the marketing and as we go, then we will have a tendency to use uh, freelancers to, to, um, to design what we have in mind. Mm -hmm. Uh, until after the next round and we'll hire a designer and uh, and the product owner and, and all the key elements that will help yeah. us scale. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, it's it's always um, a matter of iterations, I think, you know, for, yeah. especially for a startup in terms of building that brand, you have to fully understand first what, what you stand for and who you speak to, right? So yeah. it takes time naturally. But um, so we know already that there was a previous version of the logo. Um, and you said that right now the color scheme is very, very tight, that everyone knows what the colors are and what you guys stand for. Um, so um, how did that process come about then in terms of deciding on the, the values, the final values that you guys use right now and the colors? Was that someone coming in from as a freelancer and just helping you figure that out? Or was that an ongoing sort of just iteration by iteration process? Um, that was really close to our company culture. Uh, mm -hmm. The way that I might be the top de de decider, um, the last person to make the decision, but I really like to have this brainstorm globally. And you can still do it when you are 13 people. So mm -hmm. this is really key. Um, the way it worked is we realized very quickly that having different freelancers will create different cultures, different patterns. And the more product you develop or the more iterations you do and the more confusing it gets. So what we decided to do is to say, well, where we have no time, no energy and no skills to actually redesign everything for the moment. So let's just take what based on our personal appreciation, but also when we questioned our clients works best. And then we simply apply it everywhere. Mm -hmm. It is not really professional approach. It's more a fix mm -hmm. than a real creation. But for the time being, it works very well. And now we know that from light blue to dark blue and with Peach Boy in white, this is our brand identity. Mm -hmm. And so if you go to uh, the library, you will see more the, the light blue. And if you go to the authoring tool, you will see the, the darker blue. Why? Because as a user, you don't want something um, too dark mm -hmm. you want something uh, more light to be um, a training ground and when you're professional you want something that makes you feel more secure more mm -hmm. professional and the, the darker colors more works better and this again it's by meeting mentors people that we have no budget to pay for but that will tell us these key elements yeah and then of course reading a lot but um yeah incredible yeah. No, and, and, and I like this sentence. I can't remember who said it, but he said, like, um, basically, if you're not a bit ashamed about your product, when you launch it, it means you already launched it too late. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good one, actually. <laughs> so let's be ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that gets that's I wouldn't say it quite like that, but I think that it says, yeah, I get the vibe. And I think that that's there's definitely some truth there. Yeah. Um, what would be really interesting to to dive into then is, you know, you, you had mentioned that you guys are growing month on month. Um, you've got a consistent pipeline of, of clients coming in. Um, you know, is that mainly down to sales or do you guys do a lot of marketing as well? Um, 
parallel, uh, 80% marketing, 20% marketing, uh, 80% sales, 20% marketing. Okay. Uh, marketing is something we do by organizing webinars, by attending podcasts and mm -hmm. things that we like to do because we also get something out of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, we also learned a lot about lead generation, mm -hmm. but using sales materials like sales navigator and, and things like that. Sure. So we do marketing without doing marketing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So like a lot of outbound activities then. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, um, and the day that we will uh, recruit a, a chief marketing officer, he will have, I think, really fun time combining all the things that we created, all the materials we had with all the automations that we started and you will just have to, to combine the project management team to really have something fully harmonious mm -hmm. because we really grow um, uh, intensive sales expertise and, and the sales team today is really amazing, doing an amazing job. Um, even during the COVID, you know, we, we mm -hmm. managed to sign a, a pharmaceutical company, a, a larger retail company. So it's, it's really, really good because without this team, we could not have done that. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. So let's talk um, a little bit about scaling and what that mm -hmm. looks like for you. And, and I know that we've already mentioned that um, the next sort of some of the next steps uh, mm -hmm. for, for the company and, and things on the roadmap are essentially exploring how you can develop and build on top of this concept that you have um, and maybe enter some other markets. But, you know, what does what does scaling look like for you and, and sort of what's on the roadmap for the future? What's on the roadmap is that I really want to succeed or pivot to, to, to give access to our solution to, yeah. to um, training centers, to experts, because the way I see it is if we, we have an opportunity to create a win, 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 win situation, win for the user, win for the client, win for the training center and win for us. And this is really, really key because if we succeed at sharing our technology, the same way that Adobe managed to, to share um, Illustrator or, mm -hmm. or Photoshop, then all these experts will be able to create scenarios for their clients or generic scenarios that could be beneficial for other companies that are not their clients or even individuals. Yeah. So just imagine if in the future you, if, well, you're, the two of you are entrepreneurs. Uh, let's give an example. And if you have to pitch an investor and you have an expert in pitching investors that create a scenario and give you access either for free or you pay a small fee to this training room pitching investors. And based on what you say and how you say it, the investor will ask you different questions. Mm -hmm. If you say you want to raise 5 million, he will ask you, all right, what do you expect to do with those 5 millions? Yeah just like if you were in real life. And Absolutely. at the end of this simulation, you will get a feedback saying, well, your voice tone went very low when he started to mm -hmm. ask you a personal question or this is true coaching. Mm -hmm. And we will make it available with everyone's expertise to a larger audience. And what we can do for uh, people who need to raise money, we could do it for teenagers, for unemployed people, for people who want to become managers, directors, C-levels, executives, and so on and so forth. Media trading, 
there is so many topics that we can address, uh, customer service and so on. I mean, I'm really passionate <laughs> about what Absolutely. we do. Absolutely, no, no, I agree. Also makes total sense, and it's a yeah. global issues. You know, wow. all the countries that that are uh, today suffering because of difficulties of COVID or economic uh, situation and so on can have access to that as long as they have access to internet. Yeah. 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 I think that example um, literally just blew my mind. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I really was thinking about this idea from like, you know, this, maybe it's a hazardous work environment and potentially, you know, you can actually do training for, um, you know, things that you couldn't maybe do Mm. or or recreate that environment and you can recreate that virtually. But then as soon as you look at it from that point of view that, actually even from an entrepreneurial point of view if i want to practice my pitching or you know if and then the opportunity or the possibilities become endless um wow that's that's actually an incredible thing with the use of you know this this ar tech this vr tech and voice recognition tech that's really really cool um incredibly match it perfectly match with all the training you can do on linkedin training and on any training platform yeah it's wow yeah, cool. So looking back at your journey then, before we wrap it up, um, you know, I know it's probably been a very, very um, long and arduous journey jumping from country to country <laughs> and from industry to industry and technology to technology. But that being said, um, for the audience, you know, could you distill some of the learnings um, and give them some advice? Maybe it's someone who's, you know, they've got an idea and they want to make that real themselves, or maybe they're halfway down that journey already. They just need to hear some reassuring words from someone who's been down that path and is a bit further ahead of them at the moment. You know, what, what advice could you get? Um, there to try, don't give up, don't take no for an answer. Uh, keep reading, keep learning, fail yeah. fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jump back again, try again. And I mean, it's really being resilient. Mm. If you're resilient enough, you always, always finish by success. And one small success, one first sale will bring to another one and another one and another one. So as long as you're being active, you never stop learning. And as long as you never stop learning, you will always, always succeed at some point. It's, uh, I, I, I'm not saying that I, I am or we're successful yet, but we had small successes. The last one was this morning. And also celebrate your success. Mm. Celebrate with the team. It's a team effort. Even if you are just two people, if you are five, if you are 100, you need to celebrate the success and okay. share the success. It's, it's a company, it's a group of people. So if you do not respect all of them, and if you don't take the responsibility of feeding all of them, um, I, I like this book from uh, Simon Sinek that say, leaders, it lasts. Mm. Yeah. During COVID, there was so much my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, well, yeah, all, all, of, all of the above um, are really key. You need to be passionate, never give up. And Absolutely. accept to fail, accept to pivot, accept that whatever you think might not be the right answer, the might solution or what the market needs, uh, always go the, the, where the wind is. So a huge thank you to Pitchboy for speaking to us. You can find them online at pitchboy.sc 
or follow them on Twitter at PitchBoyVR. You're listening to the Digital Spaceship Podcast, a marketing journal by Blue Drop Studio, a digital marketing and creative content agency based in London, UK. We're on a mission to grow the tech brands of tomorrow with creative content and social media advertising. Check us out on LinkedIn and bluedropstudio.com or hit us up on social at HeyBlueDrop on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Your hosts are at Anna Rowinska and at Omar K. Juman. If you want to talk about digital marketing for your brand, drop us a line at hello at bluedropstudio.com. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you in the next episode.